what we wanted to talk about today is this uh, paper on the COVID-19 outbreak in Taiwan. Uh, personally, I've been hearing that Taiwan's been doing a great job of containing it. Um, that they've got some of the lowest numbers out of the affected countries. Uh, and pe a lot of people have been saying that they've been doing a good job uh, of, of how they respond to this outbreak. So we wanted to explore that a bit more, right? Uh, so we're going to be looking at this paper called Response to COVID-19 in Taiwan, uh, Big Data Analytics, New Technology and Proactive Testing. And it's a viewpoint in JAMA. So I suppose the context of the paper to begin with is that Taiwan is very close to China geographically. And there's a lot of movement of people between the two countries. So when people started hearing about the COVID-19 outbreak, it was expected that Taiwan would be very, very badly affected. But over the past few months, what we've actually been seeing is that Taiwan has managed to contain the outbreak very well. So fundamentally, why is that? And how is it that technology has enabled them to do that? So the paper breaks this down into three key points, which is the identification of cases, the containment of cases, and resource allocation in the, during the pandemic. So Hamza, my first question for you would be, what for you is the, the highlight of the paper? Uh, what is the, way, the best way in which Taiwan has dealt with this outbreak? Yeah, I think for me, the highlight is definitely how swiftly and promptly different governmental organizations started working together. And this was ev very evident in the identification and containment process, right? So, for example, the immigration and the immigration services worked very closely with the healthcare services and they integrated their databases. And it was decided that anyone who was coming into Taiwan uh, would could scan a QR code and essentially that led them to a questionnaire which enabled them to put what country they're coming from, what region within that country they're coming from, if they have any symptoms and what they what symptoms they have. So based on this information, um, the algorithm was able to classify them as low, low risk, medium risk or high risk. And based on that, if they were low risk, they could just they were giving and they were given a boarding pass straight away and they could just pass clearance immediately. Right. So slightly. Then uh, if they were classed as high risk, they would then be examined further and they would essentially then be asked to quarantine for 14 days. And it didn't uh -huh. just, we, it led to um, them using, the authorities using mobile phones to track people and to ensure that they were actually obeying the quarantine and sticking to their houses during the quarantine period, right? And that helped with the containment. So the two government agencies worked together very well to help identify people and then contain the cases that were suspected to be positive. Right. I, I mean, for me, all of that stuff raises a bunch of questions. So, for instance, uh, the, the use of QR codes, I know in much of East Asia, QR codes are used kind of in everyday interactions to order food, to order taxis. At least where we come from, that hasn't really taken off. So I'd, I'd kind of like to see that more, to be honest. But a bigger question for me is is the phone tracking. That raises a lot of ethical issues that I don't I don't know if that would be publicly accepted, at least in the UK. But I wonder what you think of that. Yeah, Harry, so that, that's a really interesting point. So I guess we've got to, first of all, I'd just like to say that in Taiwan, there isn't a lockdown as we are seeing in the UK, in Italy, in Portugal. 
uh, the type of people are going about their lives, the businesses are still running. And obviously there are policies in place, for example, self-isolation and people are very mindful of that and, and washing hands, et cetera. They're taking all the precautions, but the economy hasn't come to a standstill as it has in the UK, right? right. And I guess the price that they had to pay for that, for this liberty, is that this level of uh, kind of surveillance and government giving them strict measures and them having to abide by these strict measures um, and the consequences of not abiding by these strict measures being quite drastic. So uh-huh. I get that was that was whether that was a choice that the population was given or not, we don't know. But what we do know is that the population is happy with the way the government has responded because they actually the government actually carried out a survey, asked the population what they thought about um, the government's response to the COVID crisis. And about 70 to 80 percent of the population, or at least the respondents, said that they were satisfied with the way that the government uh, responded to the outbreak. So that right. says a huge Right. That's a, that's a, that's a big statement. The thing is, you can just imagine if the same survey was put out in the UK right now, people would be <laughs> up in arms. Exactly. So so I guess like you've asked me a question. You asked me how what I thought was a highlight. What about you? What, what did you, what did st- what stood out to you the most? Yeah. Uh, so for me, the thing that really stood out. I suppose, I suppose the context for me being that we're in the UK and we're seeing how we're dealing with it and we're dealing with it in a very reactive manner. Whereas what I've seen from Taiwan is that they're, they're doing what's called proactive case finding. So rather than waiting for a case to present to healthcare services and being tested as positive, mm-hmm. uh, the, the government is now publishing a lot of data, making it widely available to, to members of the public on suspected mm-hmm. cases. So those are cases that are at high risk because of where they've been or, or who have been exposed to, to cases in a confined space. So a good example of that is that there was, I think, so there was a cruise ship that docked in Taiwan shortly after the outbreak begun. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I think it was called the Diamond Princess. But anyway, so supposedly 50 people got off that ship. And and after they after they got off the ship it was publicized that there are a number of cases on board the ship so there was there was quite a large-scale public panic in taiwan but what the government did with that information is that within 24 hours they managed to track down those 50 individuals and also published all of the locations that they were thought to have been in in the last 24 hours so that Mm -hmm. people who lived in uh, in taiwan would know whether they may have been exposed or not to these cases now, for me, the key thing there is like there's there's obviously a rapid response from the government, but also mm-hmm. they're being very transparent with their data. They're sharing it with the public, which is something that we haven't really seen in the UK. Mm-hmm. So I think that is that has got to be the biggest factor that has made Taiwan quite successful here. It's the proactive case finding, going out and looking for those cases and publicizing where they've been. Mm-hmm. And and how do you compare that to, for example, the UK's level of transparency uh, and and disseminating information properly? How do you think we've done compared to that? So, I think for, I actually spoke to a, a friend in Taiwan recently to try and get their perspective on things. And supposedly, a lot of the measures that have been taken this time around are are a direct cause of the SARS outbreak in, I think it was 2003. So there, there was 
a lot of public disorder at that time. The, the government apparently didn't really take very good measures to contain that outbreak. There was a lot of panic. There, there just weren't the, the different, there wasn't anything being implemented successfully by the government at that time. Uh, but this time, I, I suppose they've learned from those mistakes and they've put various government bodies in place to to ensure that they respond well to the pandemic. So I think the key thing is learning from the mistakes. And the UK, obviously, we, we haven't really had a pandemic like this before. Uh, so so what I'd want to see from from here on in is that we learn from from what we did wrong this time, namely like late, late response to the outbreak. Uh, and and in future we we'd want to prepare very early and hopefully employ this this form of proactive case finding. Yeah, and and I, I definitely agree with that. But I guess you don't really have to wait for another epidemic to be able to show the lessons that we've learned and implement the lessons we've learned. Right? So they could we could start taking examples and lessons from Taiwan, from other countries who are doing better than us, and ha- see how we can incorporate some of the same practices um, within our country to ensure that we get a better handle over the situation. The only other point that I would really quickly like to mention is that Taiwan, one thing that stood out and and that that really helped control the situation was the resource allocation, right? So they were very quick in mobilizing a lot of resources um, and to the cause. So for example, there was a mass production by the government of the masks and the equipment, the protective equipment. And then they didn't just stop at that, but they actually created with the help of technology, they, for example, they created a phone app that would help people and them to be able to keep a track of how many masks are left available in each local pharmacy and nationally. So this way, they were able to kind of prevent people from holding on to masks and equipment and, and, and that kind of panic buying of, of the protective equipment. This ensured that this equipment was then available for healthcare professionals and the people who needed the most. Right. Yeah, it's a, it's a good point. And, and I guess a big factor there was the collaboration between departments, right? Absolutely. All right. So I feel like we, we've gone through the, the paper relatively comprehensively um, mm-hmm. and, and some really interesting points being brought up there. So so I think what, we, what we'd love to hear about is other people's opinion on this. Uh, we'll be sharing the paper and, and I guess how this relates to other people's countries as well. And, and what lessons they can learn from from this from Taiwan's response.